Prophecies foretell a World War III, a reborn Holy Roman Empire, a ten-nation union. A lot of people don't know how that can happen. A world religion and a world government will be established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The stage is set for the fulfillment of all of these prophecies. Get ready for another rapid-fire prophecy update on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I have to tell you, I just wrote my article uh, for the next issue of End Time Magazine, What to Expect in 2022. And Rick Brenneker just handed me his article, uh, Prophetic Fulfillments of 2021. And... Honestly, as I was doing my research, I found some stuff that I had not seen. Rick gave me some stuff in his article that he had not found uh, or that I had not seen throughout 2021. And the reason I'm telling you this is because the stage is being set, everyone, for the fulfillment of every single prophecy concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. Every single one all the way up to the Battle of Armageddon. Even the stage is being set for that. And so I thought, man, I, ha- I can't just cover one topic today. I'm going to cover many topics to show you how close we are to the fulfillment of many of these prophecies. Either we, the, the end time prophecy concerning the second coming, the vast majority of it has already taken place. It's done. And the rest of them, we're either watching them come to pass right now or watching precursors to every single one of them. So, let's see how many I can get done today. And and what I'm going to do is just, I'm going to try to read you the scripture and then I'll go through a lot of proofs on how that's coming to pass or a stage is being set for that. So, uh, World War III, Revelation 9, 13 through 15, the Bible says, And a sixth angel sounded... And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month and a year, for to slay the third part of mankind. It's going to be World War III. World War I, 8.2 to 8.3-ish million casualties. World War um, that was World War I, World War II, just over 50 million casualties. This war that's coming, the Bible says one-third of the world's population. You're talking, uh, what do we have? We're closing in on 8 billion in population. So you're looking at 2.5 to 2.7 billion, roughly. So, 
Israel National News. And I've told you for years that I've watched the Iran situation with Iran, Israel, the United States, China, Russia, Europe, all of them. What's going to happen in the Middle East? Because the Bible says this is where the war will emanate from. Israel National News just published an article, the IDF, that a joint training with the U.S. and Gulf states is simply for the preparations for an Iran attack. Senior IDF officials, the IDF is the Israeli Defense Forces. A senior IDF officer revealed that Israel, many of the Gulf states, because of the Abraham Accords, you understand what's going on here, now openly working together to prepare for, to counter the Iranian threat. The, uh, the recent joint military exercise between Israel, the United States, and the Gulf are part of the party's preparations for a military confrontation with Iran. Lieutenant Colonel Shakar Shoshona, head of the North American branch of the IDF's Foreign Relations Division, he revealed to Israel Hayam um, Sunday morning, and he said this, he said, the existence of the joint exercises and their publication between uh, Israel, the Arab states, and the United States are the result of the Abraham Accords, because as a result of Israel was transferred from the European command of the United States to the Central Command, or down into the Middle Eastern Command of CENTCOM. And he said, facing the Iranian threat, what was not under the European Command, the Central Command, has identified the primary threat as Iran. This is the one that the United States will be working hand-in-hand with Israel all the way through. This is its uh, reference scenario, and it is preparing itself for action against Iran. As we prepare ourselves in the face of our these reference scenarios. So Israel is, they see Iran's nuclear aspirations as obviously an existential threat. And they don't look at it like we do here in America. They look at it as we cannot set back and even allow Iran to be able to be within weeks and months of a breakout on a, a, a nuclear weapon. So he goes on to state that the Americans are preparing for this as the number one problem and together with the countries which normalize relations with Israel, there's an opportunity to build a regional network and military capability to deal with Iran. You understand the situation. The United Arab Emirates is right across the Persian Gulf from Iran. With these countries working together, that would give Israel the ability to launch from the United Arab Emirates right across the Persian Gulf to Iran. You think Iran doesn't know that? And so the tensions are heightened more than they have been in the past because now you've got Israel under CENTCOM in the Middle East, working right hand-in-hand with the United States. Used to it was Eurocom. Now it's CENTCOM. And Israel has the ability to launch from the United Arab Emirates instead of all the way from Israel to Iran. Now it's a whole different ballgame. So that he says, due to the normalization agreements that they're building through the Abraham Accords, they have much more advanced capabilities. 
things have happened in, things have happened secretly until less than a year ago and they're now public all of these people working together to create a regional defense against Iran the bible says there's a war coming that will emanate from the middle east region from the euphrates river region which Iran is one of those nations that is housed the Euphrates River. And the Bible says that the World War III will emanate from that region. It looks like Israel is about ready to go at it with Iran before very long. If you read the news at all and follow this stuff, I've been following it for years. Could this lead to a World War III? The scenario is right and the prophecies are ready. Get seven deals of Christmas starting now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? You were so excited you couldn't sleep. What experience and gifts would you receive this year? The atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited these seven deals are available through the end of 2021. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives. And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2021, you can get deals like an End of the Age Plus subscription for $9.87 per month or just $99 per year, Jerusalem Prophecy College enrollment for $35 per course, or my personal favorite, our brand new package, Irvin's Last Words. This is a five DVD set that includes Irvin's last sermon, conference, TV show, and radio show valued at over $100, but we're going to give it to you free with a donation of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash Christmas to access these exclusive deals through the end of the year. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. So I've got just a little bit more information on a potential World War III scenario that's shaping up. Debcafile. It's one of the news sources overseas that we followed. They work directly with the IDF, boots on the ground, and it's a very, very reliable source. My father-in-law told me years ago, he said, Dave, I've followed Debcafile forever. And he said, sometimes they will tell you things a couple days before they happen <laughs> because they're working right with the IDF. So I follow the, we, we follow the Debka file closely and we have for years and years. Well, the Debka file, they published an article that said, Naftali Bennett said that Israel's not bound by any nuclear deal with Iran. Listen at some of this um, article because it shows how close Iran is and why Israel is preparing to possibly go in and take out some of Iran's nuclear aspirations. 
It says opposition lawmaker Zahi Hanabi has estimated that Israel has no more than three to five months to stop Iran from reaching a nuclear threshold. Now, imagine if that was Canada. That Canada wanted to wipe the United States off the map and they were about to get nuclear weapons in three to five months. I mean, what would we be talking about? Right? So now you can understand the mindset of Israel. As a former confidant of uh, former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and former chairman of the key parliamentary committee, Hanabi spoke from a great, a vast uh, wealth of knowledge, right? Over Maven, other Mavens have, are more pessimistic, but according to the New York Times estimate on November 21st, Iran is somewhere between three weeks and a few months from a, a nuclear breakout, which means having enough material for a nuclear bomb, which would obviously change the geopolitical calculation throughout the Middle East. I mean, drastically. The number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, having nuclear weapons, you can only imagine the devastation. Well, Israel has said, it's never going to happen. We're willing to go to war tomorrow morning to keep that from happening. And it appears that that is getting ready to happen. New York Times uh, published once, uh, said once again that uh, just Monday they quoted Israel's officials that said the time is um, that the officials that this time as they revealed a bunker busting capability that would obviate the need for the kind of help they sought from the Bush administration 13 years ago. So the ability for them to go in and take out these nuclear fusion uh, uh, spinning things that allow them to create this nuclear weapons, the material for that, um, they have the ability to go in there and take those out now, way underground. Technology compared to what it was 12, 15 years ago, and right now, we're way past that. So... Israel is, it appears that they're fixing, to, they're getting ready to do this with the, and they've already have been. Again, that's why it's very important that you understand Israel is now under CENTCOM. They're not under the EU um, communications now, they're under Central Command. And so they're working with the United States, Israel, and the United Arab Emirates and different nations that are involved in the uh, Abraham Accords to allow them a, a lot better, it be in a lot better position should they want to go in and handle Iran and their nuclear aspirations. So it's very, very important that you understand what's going on in with Israel, Iran, and those different scenarios because the Bible says that a war is coming that will emanate out of the Middle East region and look at what's going on. Now, the reason I talk about the Sixth Trumpet War, obviously we know the first five trumpets have already occurred. I know a lot of people teach that's going to happen during the final seven years. That's simply not scriptural. Once you understand the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation and what the seals, trumpets, and vials, and when those are going to happen, I'm not going to get into that today. But once you understand all that, you can see the first five trumpets have already occurred. And the sixth one, the Sixth Trumpet War and the Peace Agreement, those are the next two things to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. 
So we're watching these things very closely. Obviously, a third world war, it's going to affect in one way or the another every single person on the planet. So, I don't even like talking about it, but we have to because it's in the Bible. Regardless of how ominous it is, we need to talk about it. Um, you say, oh, no, well, what should we do? How do we prepare? Well, prepare yourself to meet the Lord, number one. Um, I know a lot of people, I heard somebody, I watched a video the other day. Somebody was said, hey, here's how you prepare. You know, uh, go pay your taxes up for so many years and go buy a piece of property. And just, he started giving all kinds of different scenarios about how to physically prepare yourselves which is, may not be a bad thing on many fronts, but the number one thing is prepare yourself spiritually to meet the Lord. Number one. Once you get that settled, then we can talk about all this other. Okay? Because, you know, the one, third, one out of every three people on the earth will be taken in this thing. You say, oh, Dave, you just sensationalize it. I wish... I was just sensationalizing things, everybody. Because horribly ominous situation, the Bible's crystal clear on it. And so we've got to talk about it. Am I scared? No, I'm not. Um, I don't live in fear because I know my salvation. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I keep myself ready to go. I pray daily. I make sure that I have a a close walk with the Lord. I hear His voice speak to me. I am dedicated to a good church. I am full of the Holy Ghost. I am studying the Word of God, living for the Lord, doing His work, fulfilling His purpose and will in my life, preparing myself for the second coming. And so should something happen tonight, I'm ready to go. Am I concerned? Yes. I think there's a difference in being concerned and knowing how to lead and guide and direct people than being fearful. The Bible says the sons of Issachar were men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. There's a big difference in that than being fearful and go hiding in a foxhole somewhere. Big difference. The Bible says during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. They're not going to be scared and hiding in a cave. That's just not going to be the true church of Jesus Christ in the last day. So, got to get out of fear mode. Concerned? Yes. How do I take care of my family? We're going to trust God. We're going to walk by faith. And... We're going to do the best we can. That's all you can do. You can fret and you can just go into a a, a tizzy. But we're going to roll with the punches as they come. Jesus said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. Okay? Jesus told us about that. So, yes, we're talking about wars. But we are going to fulfill our purpose and our goal And that's to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world until the end time comes. Just wrote an article for the next issue of the magazine. The world's greatest revival ahead. The only way that will be accomplished is if we do not let anything pull us off off of our mission. 
And that is to, to prepare this world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. The, the greatest time of revival, it's prophesied, it's going to happen, but it's going to take some work. And so what we're doing now is we're sowing the seed. You want to know what End Time Ministries is doing? Through all of our, what I'm doing on the radio and on the television, on our, every prophecy conference I teach, all of the Bible studies, the global correspondence, the Jerusalem Prophecy College, the End of the Age Plus platform, everything that we do. The, the End Time magazine that we've had, this is our 30th year. We're sowing the seeds to a great revival that will be, it's going to be a great harvest of souls in the end time. That's what End Time Ministries does. Why do people support End Time Ministries? It's because they want to help us sow the seeds to the greatest revival the world has ever seen. That's what we're doing here. And so we talk about these prophecies in an effort to build your faith in the Word of God, to instruct you on things that are coming and how to survive the times in the very near future, how to navigate those waters and prepare yourself for eternity. That's why we're on the radio and television and do everything else that we do. And that's why people support us. If you'd like to get on our team and and support that effort, we're reaching people globally, folks. And you say, well, there's no way I can do it. I don't have the platform you guys have. Support us with your prayers financially. Uh, We've become a partner of End Time Ministries. We have partners that are five, ten, fifteen dollars a month, and I'm thankful for every single one of them. Some of them are my be- are, are wonderful friends and lifelong friends, not because they give to the ministry, but because we have united in one goal, and that is to reach this world for Jesus Christ. The early church had great revivals, and they did that because they didn't let anything stop them, and they were commissioned by God. Well, guess what? In 2021. 2022, the, the church is going to be doing the same thing. Great revivals. Now, we're, ha- we're seeing revivals somewhat now, but we haven't seen anything like we will. Imagine when the, this six-trumpet war kicks off. The peace agreement that starts the final seven years is signed. Israel starts to build a third temple. Imagine when some of those things happen. Most of the world, the Bible says, will move off into the arms of the Antichrist. The Bible says... Everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will worship Him. It's Revelation 13. So it is imperative that you get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. How do you do that? By being born again. If you'd like the free brochure, what do you mean born again? Call 1-800-363-8463, ask for your copy, or go to endtime.com, and just look up the brochure. What do you mean born again? It's one of our main questions that we answer, and it tells you how to be born again. Wow, man, I got it. Let me get back on some prophecy here and then we'll, we'll go from there. So I had a, somebody asked me a question the other day. Uh, the guy said, I watched one of your videos that addressed the ten toes in Daniel 2 on Nebuchadnezzar's vision. He said, I'm thinking that the ten toes are representative of kings or kingdoms in the new Holy Roman Empire. That is correct. He said, what I can't recall is why there are only ten when the European Union has 20-plus members. So I can't answer, and this is a question in a lot of people's mind. You've heard of the, the uh, 10-nation um, military that Emmanuel Macron was trying to start here a year or two ago, and now it's like 14 members, and so a lot of people thought, well, hey, there's the 10 kings. 
And then there have been many other things that have been talked about. A lot of people don't even really, they, they don't understand the prophecy. I'm going to get into it. So I can't answer why there is only 10. I can't answer the why. But I can answer that, yes, there will be a 10-nation alliance that will align itself with the Antichrist. And you say, well, how do you know there's only going to be 10? Because the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. He's already seen this play out. The Bible says that He declares the end from the beginning. So God's seen it, how it play out and He said, hey, in the end, there's going to be a 10-nation union, 10 kings that align themselves with the Antichrist. So I don't know why it is specifically 10. I'm going to give you a, a, a speculation on that. But I do know that there will be 10 because the prophecies say so and the prophecies always come to pass in intricate detail because God's already seen it happen. So let, let me just explain what I'm talking about. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw a vision of a statue with a head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron mingled with clay. These symbolized five empires. These empires referred to in this dream were not just any empires. They were empires that would reign over the entire world during their known era from the time of Nebuchadnezzar until God's return to establish His kingdom here on the earth. So it's going to span, what, um, a little over 2,500 years, this, the, these empires. Only five of these kingdoms would have dominion. The five segments of the image symbolize these five kingdoms. If you notice in Daniel 2.39, um, the Bible says, But after you shall arise. So Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, hey, you're the, you're the head of gold. You're, a, you're an empire that will rule the world during your era, but you're the head of gold on the statue. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. So there's the qualification right there, that they're going to rule over the entire earth each one of these kingdoms. So it starts with Babylon, the head of gold. Ne Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold. You're the Babylonian kingdom. And that was Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm going to hold right here because I want to make sure you get these dates. I know the commercial's coming up. But King Nebuchadnezzar was the head of Babylon. He was the head of the first empire. And he ruled from 604 to 539 B.C. I'm going to go through this again on the other side of the break. I want to make sure you get these dates because this is very key when you're trying to figure out this prophecy about the ten toes or the ten kings in the future. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, the reason I wanted to cover this today is because if you try to study Bible prophecy, you will see this seven-headed, ten-horned beast mentioned several times. You'll see it in um, Daniel, and then you'll see it in Revelation chapter 13, Revelation 17. And so it's, it's very important. You say, well, what are these? And, we're, and we talk about the ten-horned beast many times. What are these ten horns? What, what are they? What's the symbolism? And uh, what do they represent? Well, so uh, Nebuchadnezzar's vision. Daniel said, hey, king, on this statue, you're the head of gold. You are the Babylonian kingdom, King Nebuchadnezzar. That empire ruled from 604 B.C. to 539 B.C. In 539 B.C., the Medes and the Persians invaded Babylon. And they overthrew the kingdom of Babylon. And that night in 539 B.C., um, the Medes and the Persians conquered Babylon. That was during um, Belshazzar's uh, feast that he was having when there was the handwriting on the wall. That night, the Medes and the Persians divided, uh, conquered the kingdom. And the Medes ruled from, the Medes and the Persians ruled from 539 B.C. to 331. Daniel was there in Babylonian captivity during the transition. He went from being under Nebuchadnezzar uh, to being um, one of the confidants of King Darius, who was over the Medes. The Persians was King Cyrus, you remember. So that Daniel was the, in the transition there from one empire to another, world-governing empires. And so they were the arms and breast of silver. That was the Medes and the Persians. The belly and thighs of brass on Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel 2, were that represents um, Alexander the Great, who conquered the empire of the Medes and the Persians. The Grecians, that was the Grecian empire. And then Greece ruled the world for the next, what, couple hundred years from 331 B.C. until 197 B.C. Well, then in 197, here comes the Romans. 
the Romans defeated the Grecians and began their reign. Now, these are empires symbolized by the, the metals on Nebuchadnezzar's vision. And historically, this is all lines up. That's what I'm laying out for you. The legs of iron symbolized the Roman Empire. It was the strongest and the largest and the, I should say, uh, it lasted the longest. Uh, what, close to 500 years. The, the Roman Empire ruled from 197 B.C. to about 284 A.D. They were in power during the time of Jesus Christ. That's why there were Roman soldiers at Jesus' crucifixion. He was taken before a Roman judge, Pontius Pilate. Rome ruled the world during that time. You, many of you all that have seen the, um, oh my goodness, what's that called? Um, there's something on YouTube. It's a new movie. I'm trying to think of it, but anyway, they show the 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 Roman oppression on during in the in Jerusalem at that time and in Israel, Um, and so very very important that that's because the Rome ruled the world during that time. Now, if you notice, as we move from one segment to the next of the image, the metal changes. It changes from gold to silver, silver to brass. and to iron, and then the last, until the last segment. Then we move from the legs of iron to the feet of iron mingled with clay. So this time the metal carries over into the last segment. And it indicates that the last empire will not be the Roman Empire, but it will be related to the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire continued from um, 300 A.D. until 800 A.D. And then um, the, the element, okay? And then in 800 A.D., the Holy Roman Empire was born. The Holy Roman Empire was a secular empire. And this right here is, gonna, is what's going to answer your ten king question. The ten horns. The Holy Roman Empire was a secular empire. But the whole, the, the, I should say the Roman Empire was. The Holy Roman Empire was an alliance of church and state an alliance of politics and religion, if you will. And the Holy Roman Empire was born December 5th, and uh, December 25th, Christmas Day, 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III crowned the, placed the crown on the head of Charlemagne and announced he was now the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So the depiction of the feet of iron mingled with clay symbolized the Roman element, iron, and the religious element, the clay. The Holy Roman Empire ruled the world for the next 1,000 years. And the leaders who ruled the Holy Roman Empire were always a dual leadership. This, it's imperative that you understand this when we're talking about the empire that will rule the world at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you don't get this, you can have people saying, well, he's going to come from the Middle East. He's going to come from America and all over the place. No, the Bible specifically tells us where the Antichrist will come from and who will be the, the power base of the Antichrist in the end time. So, the Holy Roman Empire was always a dual leadership. It was a political leader from Europe. Charlemagne, think of that, the First Reich, the Charlemagne, First Reich. And then the spiritual leader from Italy. They were always in alliance with each other. Politics and religion 
Well, of course, the spiritual leader was always the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, all the way through. Remember, in the beginning, Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So the Pope of the Roman Church was always the religious leader, came from the Catholic Church in the Vatican and Rome. Now, this prophecy from Daniel 2 says that a stone come down out of the mountain and smote the image on the feet. Didn't say smote it on the arms and breasts of silver or the belly and thighs of brass, right? It smote it on the feet on purpose. It says that this stone represented the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God would come and destroy all the governments of men. That's uh, Revelation 11. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. So throughout the Bible, we're told that mankind would be allowed to rule himself until the time of the kingdom of God. Once mankind realizes he doesn't really know how to rule himself, God's going to come, put down the thrones of men, and establish his kingdom, a kingdom that will, is never going to pass away, never is going to be destroyed. And this is what the stone rolling down of the mountain um, represents. The, the stone, the kingdom of God, smote the feet, that empire, that were mingled with iron and clay. So this is how we know the Holy Roman Empire will be in power at the time of when the Messiah comes to put down the thrones of men and establish His kingdom. Now, some say that the Holy Roman Empire ceased to exist back in 1806 when Napoleon defeated King Francis II. And that it... it, it ceased to exist in 1806 as the last elements of the Holy Roman Empire decayed at that point. But that's not true. We have watched the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire over the last, what, 50, 60 years. Um, remember in Daniel 2.44 where it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to another. It shall break in pieces, consume all these kingdoms, these world empires, and it shall stand forever. Or the efforts toward a world empire. Well, because it's not going to destroy Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom because it's not even here on the earth anymore. The Babylonian kingdom's gone. The Grecian empire, gone. The Medes and the Persians, gone. Those empires. So it's talking about the, the efforts toward a world empire, which would be the Holy Roman Empire at the time of the second coming. Now, these kings that it's referring to in Daniel 2.44 was symbolized by the ten toes on the image. The ten toes are the last part of the entire world government structure from the time of way back in 600 B.C. until the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. These ten kings will be in will be in coalition and support the Antichrist in the end time. If you wonder what the ten horns are, it's going to be ten kings that will come out of this reborn Holy Roman Empire that will align themselves with the Antichrist. And I'm going to show you how um, this could come to pass. Because i got a lot of people asking, and I've had a lot of people ask over the years, how's that going to happen? There was 28 nations, now there's Brexit. And then now there's 27 nations, and how's all this going to work? Europe's still going to be involved, you know. Okay, so over the last several years, 
Europe has proposed a two-tiered European Union, which would allow, because today the current European Union is the reborn Holy Roman Empire. That's what the Bible was prophesying about 2,600 years ago, folks. So, they, the European Union has proposed a two-tiered European Union, which would allow select more, let's say, progressive nations to charge full speed ahead in full, fully integrated this political union and potentially protect the uh, Eurosceptics, because there are many nations that do not want to go into full compliance. So they're not, they're not willing to yield up all of their sovereignty to Brussels, the uh, parliament building in Brussels, Belgium. So Europe has said, well, hey, we've got nations that really want to run full speed and some of them are dragging their feet. Let's create a two-tiered European Union. This would allow, think of it, this would allow for a ten-nation union, these ten kings, to arise among the current 27 members post-Brexit. And so you say, well, man, I, I really don't understand. Well, okay, so the Financial Times... They published an article, and there have been several of these. But I wanted to go through this with you because a lot of people are asking about these 10 kings. How is all this going to work? Well, the, the, the Financial Times published an article, a two-tier model to revive Europe. So it, state, it states, and I'm going to quote, the negotiations around Brexit should be used as an opportunity to create a two-tier EU that meets these concerns. The first tier could press ahead with much closer political integration, pursuing the long-standing goal of an even closer union in Europe. And countries are just saying, hey, let's go, we're all in, we'll yield up our sovereignty. Europe, you take control, here we go. But the countries on the second tier would restrict themselves to participation in the single market and cooperation on foreign and security policy. They don't want to yield up their sovereignty. So this two-tiered approach could potentially meet the needs of both the Federalist, which are all in, and the Eurosceptics. Now, I'm quoting from the Financial Times. The Federalists have long complained that Britain has acted in as a drag on deeper integration. No, now there's Brexit. But suspicion of the idea of a political union is now widespread across the bloc. So they're saying, we need a two-tiered situation. And then they talk about anti-federalists. And I'll get into that on the other side of the break. What are, what are the anti-federalists? What, what, what are the nations that are potentially considered anti-federalists? Because at some point in time, we will see 10 nations rise up out of this. And out of those 10 nations, the Antichrist will come up and uproot three of them. It lets us know the Antichrist will come from Europe. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, everybody, you've got to bear with me for a second. I'm sitting here coughing because I just swallowed a bug that was flying around in our studio. Oh, man, the stuff we put up with on this, doing this. <coughs> I got bugs flying everywhere and I'm swallowing them. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, <coughs> here we go. Haven't done that in a while. Okay. <coughs> Anti-federalist. The Anti-Federalists include not just the Visegard Four in Europe, which would include, <clears throat> man, I think it's trying to come back up. Hungary, Poland, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic. But also probably the Irish, the Dutch, the Swedes, and the Danes. Anti-Federalists don't want to play ball fully with Brussels, Belgium. They want the benefits of the European Union, but they don't want to yield up their sovereignty. If those countries were to opt for the the outer tier, the second tier, the remaining Federalist group, they're all in. Like Germany, Belgium, which is where the Parliament building is, Brussels, Belgium, Italy, Spain, probably France. And that's the Bible prophecy tells us that the wings, the the wings of a fowl on the back of the leopard, the Franco-German alliance, that these nations could press ahead with deeper integration. Think of it, a two-tier. So it would create two tiers of membership that would allow the union as a whole to continue to fulfill its two most important missions, preservation of the single market and the protection, or I should say the projection of the European interest on the world stage. You understand Europe really wants to rule the world, and I'm going to get into that here in just a moment. So it would be a two-level structure that could also solve the Brexit now that that's done, since the UK, you know, they, they could probably slot uh, quite easily into the second tier, obviously. Even though Brexit has happened, they don't want to be fully integrated. They're still going to be involved because of the mouth of the lion in Revelation 13 on the world governing beast. And um, in time, they, the article says even non-EU members like Switzerland, Norway, Turkey, and the Ukraine possibly could join that second tier, okay? So, that is a way that the 10-nation union could come out up out of a 27, 28, or whatever it ends up being member nation. The 10-nation union could come up and be the first tier, fully integrated, ready to yield up their sovereignty to the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist will be the political leader of Europe. Remember I said there was always, in the, the Holy Roman Empire... There's always been the most powerful political leader and the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which would be the Pope. They're going to work in unison in the end time. That's going to be the power base of the Antichrist. That is why I can say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Antichrist will come from the European Union, 
which is the reborn Holy Roman Empire. It's the ten toes on the feet of iron mingled with clay. In the um, That's the ten kings. The feet of iron mingled with clay, the Holy Roman Empire, and the ten horns on the ten horn beast, the exact same thing in Revelation uh, 13, Daniel 7, the, the, the ten horn beast, um, the fourth beast in Daniel 7, that's the Holy Roman Empire. And the ten horns would be the ten th- kings that would come out of that and align themselves with the Antichrist. Now, the world, the, so the, is Europe setting themselves up to be the leader of the world? Absolutely. Europe is the model of world government in the earth today. The reason I'm telling you this, this is happening. It's 2,600-year-old prophecy. We're watching it happening right now, folks. I mean, the Bible is amazing. Bible prophecy is amazing. And we serve an amazing God. Because we're living through this stuff as we speak. So, is the European Union setting itself up to run the world government? Well, listen at this. Social Europe published an article, The European Union and Global Governance. This is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. The EU's, and I'm quoting from the article, the EU's strategic ambition must not be to carve out a niche for itself among the major powers, but to reshape global governance, the EU, with a conference in February organized by the European Union Institute for Security Studies and the Portuguese Presidency the EU launched a public discussion on the main objectives for its foreign policy and the means of their realization. Listen at this. The resulting strategic compass is expected to be adopted in the first half of 2022. What do they want to do? Effective political subjects must unite behind a standard as with the United States and the Soviet Union at the end of the First World War when the former set out to build a world safe for democracy while the latter, Russia, spearheaded this global socialist revolution. If the EU merely sets out to navigate the vast ocean represented by the old post-war international order based on the Westphalian system, it will remain under the sway of other world powers. But that's not what they want. Listen at this. Given the balance of power of the multipolar systems, thus oscillates dangerously between cooperation and conflict, with rival powers, mainly the United States, China, and Russia, jockeying for global dominance, the EU, the the European Union, the Holy Roman Empire, must carve out a specific role of its own. They want to run the world government. Existential crossroads is where they think they're at. The union, therefore, stands at an existential crossroads, a a union-threatening situation. If it wants to weigh in as a world power or or an equal footing with others, including in the future India, it must equip itself. Now, this is the European Union think. It must equip itself with military weapons worthy of a great technological power, including nuclear weapons, and accept the ideology of nationalism, in short, become the European nation-state. Not the Europe of 
28 or 27 nation states, the European nation state, because they're the model of world government on the earth. Or else, while not giving up on the idea of having its own military force, in line with its principle of strategic autonomy, self-governance, it must strive to play a unifying role in the construction of a peaceful international order, a world government. It goes on to say the EU was forged by peoples who, after World War II, said never again. Now the time has come to extend the Europeans' commitment to peace as enshrined in the creation of the European citizenship and the charter of the fundamental rights to the rest of the world. Get this. Policies designed to forge global governance would not only produce substantial economic and social fruits, but would also promote peaceful cooperation among the major powers. World leaders must not pursue short-term gains for their citizens at the expense of the planet's other inhabitants. European citizens know that a war between the EU member states is impossible today. If steady progress towards global governance is made or a world government, the day will come when there will no longer be physical, ideological, or political barriers separating the citizens of the world. All of this is designed, folks, for the EU to take its place as the leader of this world-governing body as we speak. Because they see that the United States is in a weakened position right now. President Biden is pulling us off the world stage in a, as a... Um, is a position of weakness. Donald Trump was doing it under a position of strength. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, a position of weakness. We can't even protect our own borders. So the EU, who is not protecting their own borders, but they're saying, we can do this. We can take our rightful place because there's a huge vacuum that's being created by the United States. We need to make sure that we put forth our interest as the leader of this world governing body. I've got many other articles, all kinds of things I could talk about. But uh, as far as the EU goes, the Holy Roman Empire, all of the Charlemagne stuff, the Charlemagne building, the Charlemagne page, they know exactly what they're doing. It is a rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. The Charlemagne prize that's given out to the individual who has um, made the most effort to help the effort towards uh, European integration. It's the Charlemagne Prize, and uh, it's giving it, given out at Charlemagne's Cathedral in Aachen, Germany. I mean, it's one thing after another. They know exactly what they're doing. The rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. The Bible tells us this is exactly what it would be. It would have the Roman element, but it would have the religious element entered in. That's why we know that the Antichrist and the false prophet will be from the European Union, from this revived Holy Roman Empire. The Bible specifically tells us these individuals will run the world government before it's over with. Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 8 describes the world government and the leader of that, the Antichrist. Then it describes Revelation 13, 11 through 15, the world religion and the leader of that world religion, the false prophet. But before it's all over with, 
The Bible says in Revelation 19.20 that God is, has so much wrath built up for these individuals and they have destroyed so many people's lives and deceived so many people that God will cast both of them alive into the lake of fire when he comes back. Now, this is obviously something you absolutely do not want to be a part of. But when you're trying to figure all this, this is Bible prophecy. This is in God's word. And when you're trying to figure all this stuff out, the ten horns, it's very easily understood when you, when you, once you understand all these prophecies. We've got lessons on all this stuff. Uh, we've got DVDs on End of the Age Plus. We've got um, the Holy Roman Empire DVDs. Go to endtime.com. You can purchase all this stuff online. And, or you can go to End of the Age Plus and have access to all of it for a, a, like 12 or 13 bucks a month. And End of the Age Plus is, the, is one of the biggest things because it gives you access to everything that we have. You already get an automatic uh, subscription to End Time Magazine. Uh, you can get, look for these Christmas deals. There's all kinds of stuff. Endtime.com as well. The store. If you want to buy something right now and get it in time to give somebody a Christmas gift, there's all kinds of sales but get yourself up to speed on these prophecies because what a travesty it would be to be living through these things and not know about them, not be able to explain them to your friends, family, your sphere of influence. They may never want to listen to End of the Age radio program. Hopefully they do. But if they don't, buy some of these DVDs, sit down at Thanksgiving and say, hey, I want you to check something out. Let me know what you think. Pique their interest because we're living through this stuff right now. And it's very important that we prepare people for the times that are just ahead and then spiritually, most importantly, spiritually for eternity. That's our goal in all of this. Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the whole world because the end time is right now. Tell you what, man, I only got through probably half of this today. I'll probably do part two tomorrow. I've got world religion and all kinds of things uh, that we need to go through to talk about the ideology, what's going on in over in the Roman Catholic Church in Rome, a lot of different things. And so um, God bless you all. Be safe in your travels over Thanksgiving, and we'll be back here tomorrow. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.